Christian Medical and Dental Associations hope you enjoy today's chapel message. I like to watch people, uh, you know, and especially Christians. And, and when I go to places like, like this or like places where you know there's some Christians, you go to conferences and things like that, I really enjoy watching people in between sessions and how they do. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, so many times as believers, I think we fail to remember that we're on, uh, we're on scene. We're, you know, we're, Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses. And one of the ways we witness is the way we act in public. Uh, and the attitude that we have. And I've seen, I've seen so many Christians who look like they've been somewhere and didn't like it and are on the way back. <laughs> you know, I heard one guy say, he said, I, I met a guy one time, looked like he had just finished drinking a bowl of vinegar. <laughs> True story. All right, and then I, another guy, I think he was from one of the Texas boys, and he said, uh, he said, I knew a guy one time, said his face was so long he could suck a, suck a golf ball out of a, out of a, uh, out of a, go, of a hole. That's pretty. That's a pretty long face. You can do that, you know. So, uh, what I want to do for us in the little time that we have, I want to I want to talk to you about this issue of our countenance, this issue of of uh, God working in us and through us, and to be mindful. I try to be mindful of that. that uh, uh, how many of you have ever seen uh, an old a Christian grouch? Anybody know any Christian grouches? Okay, you have them at your church. Yeah, every, I think God issues a grouch to every church. You know, kind of, kind of. I'll tell you a bit. It reminds me of a story. Uh, I was in Israel. I've been going to Israel several times, taking groups. Uh, and one time we were there, and we were out there in the Judean wilderness. And here, came, here comes this uh, uh, flock of sheep. Is that what, is that what a sheep call a flock? Uh, and uh, there was a bunch of them, but there was always three or four goats with them. Uh, and we noticed everywhere we went there uh, that there would be these sheep, and then there'd always be two or three or four goats with them. And so finally, one of my uh, people said, why is there always goats with sheep? Uh, and the shepherd said, we discovered that unless you have those goats, goats irritate. Goats will butt you and they'll prod you and they'll take stuff from, from the other sheep. He said, if we don't have those goats there, the sheep will actually eat the, eat the, ground, eat the, the grass all the way to the ground. It just, they just don't move. They just hang. He said, and what we learned is these goats keep the sheep moving. And I think that's true of churches, don't you? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think there's a, there's a few in every church, and it's not to irritate or to, or to, uh, or to keep the work from being done, but rather uh, it's to keep us moving on. As we say, God, help us to work through this, and hopefully they'll be changed before it's over with. So what I want to do, I want to talk to you for just a handful of minutes about uh, the fact that we're witnesses. Uh, I'll tell you, tell you a true story. My mother, uh, when, when, she, uh, when I went in the United States Navy, you could tell I'm a Navy guy, you know, I've got those handsome look and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, I can remember she, uh, my dad died when I was about seven, so mom raised us, and it was three of us. Uh, and uh, when I went in the Navy, I never will forget the last thing she told me. Uh, I, I rode a Greyhound bus from Bristol to uh, uh, Richmond, Virginia. I got sworn in there and then went to Great Lakes. Uh, and anyhow, at, just before I got on the bus to leave, my mother told me this. Is, you, you tend to remember the last things people tell you, don't you? Here's what my mother told me. I was ready. This is going to be good. This is going to be. She said, "Stan, always remember to drive between your toes." Isn't that deep? (laughs) (laughs) To this day, I always remember to drive between my toes. And it's interesting some of the things that people say just before they die. Socrates. You know what Socrates said just before he died? I drink what? (laughs) Uh, uh, Let's see. Uh, A redneck says, "Watch this." 
last, last things. Custer said, where did all these Indians come from? <laughs> uh, but Jesus, when he was leaving, he said something that, that was, it was just dead serious. And he said this, he said, I want you to go and make disciples. And he was talking to the disciples, and we're his disciples, right? So he was talking to us. I want you to go, and, and, and if you could see the word go in the, in the original, it says go and as you're going. And as you go, you make disciples. Uh, and he said, in Acts chapter 1, he says, you will be my witnesses. Now, he didn't say you ought to be. What did he say? You are my, you're going to be my witnesses. And so the issue is not, are you a witness? The answer is yes to that. What kind of witness are you? And I really believe that we, uh, the way we witness a lot uh, is by how we respond to people out there. Uh, in these days of COVID and all this other stuff that's coming down the pike, uh, I, think, I think the last thing the world needs to see is a fearful church and fearful Christians. See, we know the, we know the last chapter, right? And we're on the winning side. It's a fixed fight. And what we need to do, we need to embrace who he is and what he's promised and what he said he'll do. And if you can do that in the middle of a storm, you're going to walk in victory. And it's not, it's not being naive. It's not being careless. It's just saying, I know who God is. And I know what God said and I can trust God. In the middle of the darkest night, I'm going to trust God. All right. And so, so we need to do that. Paul called us uh, ministers of reconciliation. He said, you're ambassadors for Christ. We represent him. We, we, we speak for him. And so we need to keep that. Now, let me tell you what I think. I think so much of the time, the church in general, Christians in particular, aren't doing a very good job of that. I think that uh, we fail to remember that what, how we act here is a testimony and a witness to lost people. I, in, in, the, in the United States, I don't think we have the freedom anymore to witness like we used to back in the 40s and 50s. Just go door to door, just talk, come up to strangers, and you can do that. I'm, I'm not against that at all. But people are so skeptical now of the church I think we need to earn the right to be heard. And the way to do that is live it out on a day-to-day -day basis. And so that when God opens the door, you'll be able to say, let me share it with you. Uh, Manly Bees, is a, uh, he's an evangelist. who went, He's gone home for the Lord, to the Lord now. And uh, he said, uh, it, people, uh, say, he said, if you are a dog, you don't have to put on the dog. <laughs> right? And so if we're followers of Jesus Christ, we ought to be living like that consistently. And that, that will open, people will see that in these fearful days and say, how come you're always joyful? How come you don't get worried? How come you're walking through the valley? How did, when your mom died, how did you go with, through that and still maintain a, a good attitude? And that opens the door for us. So what I want to do, take just a handful of minutes uh, before this door opens down here. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I want to talk to you what I believe is one of the foremost marks of a child of God. The, what, what is the number one thing that ought to be true of us because of who we are and whose we are. You ready for this? This, this, is my, this is my deep point right here. You ready? The mark of a believer ought to be joy. It ought to be joy. Uh, in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, Paul writing Romans said, The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy. Joy. Right there in the middle of it. In Galatians 5.22. Anybody know what, what's, in, what's in Galatians 5.22? The fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. What's the next one? Joy. Joy. All right. That's when the Holy Spirit is free to do what he wants to do and needs to do through us. We're going to be marked by love and joy and peace. And, and, but right at, almost at the top of the list is this, this joy deal. 
Uh, Paul wrote to the Philippians. Let me just read that. Philippians 2, 17, 18. He said, but even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. He must have been from the south, okay? Uh, And share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. You say, well, yeah, but you know, Paul, he was Paul. Do you know where Paul was when he wrote this? He was in a prison cell. And he wasn't in like the local jail with bars. He was in a hole in the ground. It was damp. It was dark. But the only thing lit up was a little, a little uh, candle. Uh, and uh, he, was, he was strapped to a Roman soldier. And he said, listen, I am full of joy. You share your joy with me as well. That's what we, that's what we need to do. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, rejoice always. Well, let's see, that brings another verse to mind. Romans 8, 28 says, anybody know that? But can you quote it for me? And we know that all things work together for good. You know what I have joy in the darkest valley? Keep in mind, all things work together. God's up to something, right? Okay, and then there's James chapter 1, verse 2. And it says this, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you, not if, but when you encounter various trials. Count it joy, count it joy when you get COVID. Count it joy when you run out of money. Count it joy when, when your mom or dad go home. Count it, in, when, you, when you have various tri- multicolored trials, consider it all joy, my brother. That's what he says. That's how, and so I really believe one of the marks of us is not some goofy grin, but uh, it ought to be, it ought to be a, a deep-seated, unshakable joy, knowing that in all things and at all times, God is up to something in our lives. Isn't that good news? God is up to something. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you three points real quick, all right? Point number one is make the choice to rejoice. Let me say it again. Make the choice to rejoice. It's a choice you make. Uh, Psalm 118.24 says, this is the day the Lord has made. Can you finish it for me? I'll rejoice. Make, yeah, make the choice to rejoice. When you get up in the morning, uh, I know some folks who get up in the morning, they say, good morning, Lord. I also know some folks who say, good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> it's your choice. It's your choice. If you, if, when you awaken this morning, you have a reason to rejoice. God's going to give you at least part of another day. It is appointed when a man once die, and uh, this is the day he's made. And this day, what if it's all day or part of the day, you can rejoice because God's in it and he's at work in you. And all God's young and said. So make the, make the choice to rejoice, all right? Number two, renew your mind in the word of God. All right, renew your mind in the Word of God. One of the dumbest things we do, and I've been guilty of it, sometimes I still am, is to uh, go online and read the news or turn on the the one-eyed monster and listen to the news or get on your computer and listen to them tell us how bad it is. Don't feed your mind first thing in the morning on the negative stuff. Zig Ziglar used to say, get away from people who are filled with stinking thinking. And what we want to do is say, God, let me, let, me, let me get in on your schedule. Get in God's word first of all. When you get up, fix you a cup of coffee or hot chocolate or whatever. Find you a place to get along with him and just spend some time with him and read his word. And if you check in with God and he's not nervous, you don't have a reason to be nervous either. And the good news is he ain't never, that's a good English, he ain't ever nervous. He is in control. Everything that enters your life is either God caused or God allowed. I mean, can't you trust a God like that? That's what he says, okay? So, if you meet him in the morning, he's not upset 
Don't you be that way. All right? And the last one, number three, is mind your mind. Mind your mind. Uh, like David said, David the psalmist, he said, uh, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted, disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. All right? it, it's okay to talk to yourself. Anybody ever do that? <laughs> Don't answer yourself. That's bad news when you start answering yourself. But it's okay. that's what David was doing. David said, what's wrong with me? How come I'm, how come I'm discouraged? In the, what, what's up with me? Hope in God. And so what you want to do is mind your mind. Watch out for the stuff that will drag you down. And we are surrounded by stuff that will drag you down. Let me tell you something that would bother me if I were you guys. Uh, you normally have a big, much bigger crowd in this building than you do right now, right? There's some COVID in this section, some over here and some possible here, right? Uh, that would drag me down, to be honest with you. I go, Yikes, I hope I don't get it, you know. If Bert came out, Bert, I'll tell you what I do, buddy. Just call me on the phone tell me what you want to tell. I mean, you could be nervous about all that. Uh, because as you listen to the news, it's bad, bad, bad. As you, as you listen to our government leaders, it's bad, bad, bad. As you listen to the world situation, it's bad, bad, bad. And if you fill your mind with that, uh, you're going to be in trouble. So guard your mind against the things that depress. Now, let me quickly say, don't be, don't be like an ostrich with his head in the sand. But at the same time, don't let those things control what kind of day you're going to have. Um, do you realize this is a good day no matter how you measure it? Your life's really good. For me, this is the biggest crowd I'll talk to all day. I'm blessed this morning. Well, that's bigger than the crowd I talked to yesterday because I didn't do anything yesterday. <laughs> all right, that's a good. Deal. I'm already headed. I'm already headed up the hill. There, looking good. So guard your mind. Now, let me tell you what we do. And I don't know why it is, but we do. Well, I know why it is. We have an enemy that wants to keep us pressed down. We have an enemy that wants to discourage or depress the children of God. But it's a fixed fight, remember, and we win. So guard your mind. Watch out for the music you listen to, all right? Now, I'm a music guy. I like music. I can't play anything, but I like to listen to it. Uh, and one of my favorites is country music, for the most part. But this much, I like about that much of it. But I love the titles of some of the country music songs. Uh, let's see, how was it? She said she'd love me till the cows came home, and the cows came home. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't, that, isn't that a good song? Uh, or how about... Uh, uh, I'm holding on to a woman letting go. That's depressing, buddy. I'm telling you, you know. And if you listen to the music that just drags you down or causes you to have lustful thoughts or think wrong, think things against what God wants, it'll drag you down. Here's another thing. I don't hear much about these anymore, but remember soap operas? And I guess they're still on. I'm, you know, I'm busy watching Oprah, so I don't know what's on. <laughs> no, I, I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm always mystified by people who watch the soap operas or those kind of TV programs. I mean, don't you have enough trouble of your own without borrowing it from somebody else? It'll depress you. Here's good news about uh, so If you can stop watching a soap opera today and not watch it till this time next year, and it's exactly where they were yet today. <laughs> it doesn't change that much. It just drags on and somebody else comes and picks it up from there. But you guard your mind. Watch over those things that will drag you down. All right? So, so what, what was the first one? Make your choice to rejoice. Number two, renew your mind in the word of God. And number three, mind your mind. Here's what I believe. Based on the scripture I gave you earlier, God wants his people to be filled with joy. I believe Jesus was a man of joy. He's God. 
But if you'll watch him, if you'll, if you'll read the New Testament, at the life of, in particular the Gospels, and look at the life of Jesus, he was a man of joy. I mean, when the disciples got negative, he went positive. When he said, hey, you little kids, get over here. He's busy. Right? Don't, he, hey, don't stop the kids from coming to me. Uh, he talked about having joy. He's a man of joy. And the fruit of the Spirit in him working in us is joy, peace, joy, love. And so, God, I want you to do that in me. Would you remind me of that? I'd take these notes down and maybe review them at lunchtime again. Am I doing that? This is the day he has made. Am I rejoicing and being other? Am I looking at the downside? Let me encourage you to look up. Now, maybe that's you. Maybe, you, maybe you've had, you, I, all of us are having tough times. There's a wonderful verse. Maybe you've been guilty of the wrong kind of thinking. Maybe you've been guilty of the wrong kind of actions. Maybe you've been involved in things because of 14 other, other obstacles uh, that you ought not to be. I'm going to leave you with one more verse. Can I do that? It's Acts chapter 3, verse 19, and it says this. Repent, therefore, and return in order that times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that good? You got sin in your life? Listen, you cannot enjoy the blessings of God the way he wants to. He will not overlook that. The Spirit of God in you, part of his office work is to convict you of that sin. And when he convicts you, the right thing to do, the only sensible thing to do, is to turn from that sin. The word repent is this. All right, you're going the wrong way and you're convicted and you turn. That action is repentance. It's stop where you are and get going the right way again. Turn from your sins so that times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord. Here's what I believe. I believe this is a prime time for the real children of God to be a testimony and a witness of the goodness and the greatness of the Lord God we say we love. And the only way for it to happen is allow the Spirit of God to work in us and when he puts his finger on something, deal with it. And when you have an opportunity, there will be people who listen to you when you have joy in the middle of a storm. And all God's young and said, amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are ever-present, all-powerful, all-knowing, just. God, you are you're more than our minds can conceive. And you love us and you care for us and you created us. And you, you have us here for a purpose, for a reason. Would you allow us to get in on what you're up to in our lives? It is hard to say this morning here at CMDA what, uh, what all you have planned for us as individuals. But I ask you to help us to open our eyes and our ears and watch for ways in which you can pour yourself out in us and through us in Jesus' name. Amen.